Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listens to its message and obeys what it says, for the time is near. Many shy away from the book of Revelations and end-time prophecy for various reasons, but it's the only book I know in the Bible that has this overt promise of blessing. And then, like the Sermon on the Mount, contains other blessings like Revelations 19.9, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb. To help take the confusion out of the end times prophecy, we have a returning guest, Todd Hampson. He's an author, illustrated, a lot of video work. He does the easy-to-understand times on prophecy, the nonprofit guide, which are great little videos that I've shown to my Bible study, which are great. He has a new book coming out, The Chronological Guide to Prophecy, Biblical Prophecy. You can now pre-order through all the normal sources as well as his website. And he's half of the Prophecy Pros team with Jeff Kinley, who's an author and a pastor. And they, they put out a great prophecy, The Prophecy Pros Podcast. And everything that they do centers around how we can better and easily understand what God says about prophecy and end time. So I couldn't be happier to have back on the show Todd Hampson. Todd, welcome again to In Awe by Bruce. Oh, Bruce, it's an honor to join you again. It's uh, it's always a joy when you get together with other like-minded believers to talk about some things you love. So thanks for having me on. This will sound weird, but I actually got chills when you said that. So thank you. Um, I, I really did. And We were talking before we came on about what are some of the things that maybe are the top couple of things that you see people need to be looking out for that that show that prophecy really is happening and you can trust it. That's a great question and a great topic because there's so much happening so fast. It's easy to say if everything's a sign, nothing is a sign. So it's good for us to think about, all right, there's a lot of prophetic developments, but what are some of the top things we really need to keep our eyes on? And I think, obviously, anything with Israel, that's the epicenter for sure when it comes to Bible prophecy. And two things you and I were talking about that we feel are just really clearly setting the stage and really clearly letting us know we're deep in the end times is the continuation of the Jewish people streaming back to their land. I think it was just two weeks ago, mm-hmm. the first time in modern history there's now over 50% of the world's population of Jewish people now live in Israel and less than 50% live in the rest of the world. So that is a kind of a continuing fulfillment of prophecy that's ongoing. So that's kind of compelling. And then the other one is the Bible talks about God will send a strong delusion. I see ultimate fulfillment of that will be in the tribulation period when the antichrist is fooling everybody, but prophecy doesn't happen in a vacuum. So we see the stage being set for that now. And we're at the end of the Romans 1 trajectory where God has given people over to a depraved mind, to where many people in our society and in the world, it's not just in America, they literally can't even think straight. It's complete delusional thinking. Logic doesn't work. Morals don't work. You know, everything's out the window, and it's just completely upside-down thinking. Wow. That's what's scary. So now let me backtrack. We Now that we've got a couple of things that people can be watching for, and I think that they see are happening, 
What are the reasons that you find people shy away from biblical prophecy, especially towards the end times? What are some myths about those thoughts? And what do you suggest for people to head towards and overcome that? Yeah, I think the myths are definitely Revelation is too scary, too confusing, not relevant to our everyday Christian walk, and ultimately divides the church. I think those are the biggest myths, and I think the enemy, (laughs) Satan, is behind all of that to confuse the issue. If he can get our eyes off of Genesis and Revelation, then he's gutted Mm -hmm. our origins and our destiny. Uh, but as as you read at the top of your show, you know, there's a verse in Revelation that literally it's the only one in the Bible, only book in the Bible that has a promise that says you will be blessed yeah. if you read this book. So I think those myths can be broken if people would just engage with the content and wrestle with it and try to figure it out. And I think it's important to start with a proper interpretation method, the literal interpretation method, just like just how we interpret all the rest of Scripture keep that same approach when you study Revelation, and just let God speak. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit speaks through His Word. So even if you've never read it before and you've been intimidated by it, I challenge people to dive in and let the Holy Spirit do His thing. And that's such a great point, Todd, because Jesus does tell us that His Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us. Explain, though, that maybe doesn't mean that you're you're going to read through the first time and go, okay, now I got this. Right. But that exactly. means that God will start right rearranging things in your mind and guiding you, if you let him, to things that can help. And that's where I don't want to make this sound like a commercial, but I truly believe what Todd does. If you see his illustrations, his book, I mean, I've got even like the Prophecy Pros Illustrated Guide to End Times right here in front of me, but... If you look at it, they try and help make it simple. So can you tell us more about how you're trying to do that and the effect you've seen in people that you've done conferences for or whatever, Bible studies? From the Nonprofits Guide series, the books I do with Jeff Kinley, and this, the new book, The Chronological Guide to Prophecy, all have, number one, a visual component because people are visual learners. They're used to short attention spans, seeing stuff on Twitter or Facebook. So we're trying to hook them with those visuals, but also with those visuals, take complex concepts and simplify them. So the charts are super simple and logical. Mm -hmm. The language of all my books is just very conversational. It's not like super academic, but the theology is solid. You know, I wanted to make sure that the theology was there. And also the third thing I think is we wanted to make sure it was easy for the lay person, Mm -hmm. everyday Christian to pick it up and read and realize, okay, the way they interpret scripture makes sense to me. Because I think if you're one degree off, when you know, a plane's leaving a runway, if you're one degree <laughs> off when you take off, by the time you land, you're going to be in a completely wrong continent. Right. So I think it's really important that people start with that good hermeneutic. And, and that's one area I think the enemy has really confused people because there's a lot of symbolism in mm-hmm. Revelation and the book of Daniel. And people over the years, people have used an allegorical approach to interpreting scripture, meaning they can put whatever meaning they want into it. You know, yes. they, it, it means different things in different eras. And that's why people just throw their hands up and say, if these smart guys couldn't figure it out, how can I figure it out? What I encourage people to realize is in the book of Revelation, for example, half of the meanings to the symbols are given in the context of Revelation. Mm -hmm. The other half of the meanings of the symbols are found in the Old Testament. So there's 404 verses in Revelation, but within those verses, there's over 800 allusions to the Old Testament. 
So in other words, throw away any biblical approach that uses allegory to interpret Scripture. Let Scripture speak for itself. All fulfilled prophecy was fulfilled literally. Therefore, there's no reason we should switch gears and say, well, everything God talks about in the future is just allegory or symbolic. No, he means what he says, says what he means. He speaks with a clear voice, and he is not the author of confusion. So, Todd, if you were listening here and you're going, okay, but where do I start? Beyond just reading, can you tell me a source that you have that would be a good place for people to start that would give them building blocks? Biblically, if you're studying Revelation, Revelation and the book of Daniel go hand in hand. So study Daniel, that's kind of the framework that Revelation fits into. But in terms of resources other than that, like extra biblical resources, I think there are some good trusted voices, you know, that you can follow. Just off the top of my head, some really solid ones are like Dr. David Jeremiah, uh, of course, my, my good friend Jeff Kinley, Mark Hitchcock, Tommy Ice, anybody from the pre-trib research area. Those are solid people. And Harvest House Publishers, their commitment to pre-trib eschatology, although they get some heat from that, but also that's their stance. That's what they believe is true. So the, all the books they put out, I believe you can, you can trust and, and soak up. And I always try to mention when I do mention pre-trib, it's not a salvation issue. I have great friends that are hold other views, but it's my firm conviction that Scripture is very clear that pre-trib is what's going to happen, that, that Jesus is going to rapture the church out of here before the Antichrist comes on the scene and the seven-year tribulation begins. Let me give you a little moment for promoting something of your own. I'm a visual guy. So that's one of the reasons why I got your nonprofits guide. Would you suggest that for somebody starting off? Maybe, and if so, tell us about what you would get first. Yeah, I would definitely, if, if someone's just wanting to study the topic, I would say pick up the nonprofits guide to the end times. It's a very broad, complete overview of the topic of Bible prophecy and eschatology. It presents the different interpretation methods that are used. It presents the different views of the mm -hmm. timing of the rapture and that kind of thing. And then it's an apologetic for, it has a chapter on Daniel, a chapter on Revelation, a chapter on the Olivet Discourse. Then if they still want more, I'd say get my book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And that is a literal chronological walk through the book of Revelation from chapter one to the end. So by the time you get to the end, you know, the chronology of the events, you understand where everything fits in. So those two books together, I think, are pretty powerful. And I still get feedback all the time about how people read those and they're like, okay, this makes sense to me for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and then my new book coming out, The Chronological Guide to Prophecy, it's similar to the Revelation book, but but Bible-wide. <laughs> yeah. It's a literal chronological walk from Genesis to Revelation. And it tells you in each book the percentage of prophecy that's in that book. And it also highlights the key prophetic themes in each book and how they fit together as a story, or as I call it, the central nervous system of the Bible. <laughs> Outside of maybe what we've already talked about, what would be something from the Old Testament into the end times that you see happening now or that you, you know, just go, oh, my gosh, I can see this starting to <laughs> pull together Oh, wow. I mean, a lot of Daniel has end times prophecies. We're seeing the stage being set for it. And probably the clearest one for me, if people just wanted to say, hey, give me three or four chapters to read and put it in context in terms of our times today. Yeah, I'd say read Ezekiel 36 through 39. 
Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 36 and 37 very clearly detail the Jewish people coming back into their homeland after a long period of the land being desolate and the Jewish people being dispersed all over the world. And then following right after that, chronologically, is Ezekiel 38 and 39, which details an end-time battle where Russia, Turkey, and Iran, and a few other nations will form a coalition and come against Israel from the north, from Syria, Mm -hmm. and for the purpose of taking spoil or taking something of value that Israel has. Now, this is a little sanctified speculation, but this part isn't. For the first time ever, Turkey and Iran are partnered together working in Syria. Syria, because of the the civil war and everything that's been going on there, Syria is not involved, which was always the mystery of that prophecy. Well, they're coming from the north. That means they're coming from the area of Syria. Why is Syria not attacking? Because Syria is just a puppet regime being used by these other three. And also, what is the spoil they're coming to take from Israel? Up until recent history, like less than 10 years ago, Israel had no oil or gas. They had to import it. Right. Now, suddenly, they've discovered some of the largest gas fields and oil fields to where now they're going to be supplying Europe with oil and gas. Oops. At the same time, and here's where the sanctified speculation comes in. Right now, with the Ukraine war, Russia, their pipeline, they're the main source of oil and gas to Europe. Mm-hmm. Well, someone destroyed the underground pipeline in the, in the underwater. So now it's completely shut off. So now that gives Israel even more of an open door to sell their oil and gas. So here's the sanctified speculation. How long is it going to be? How long does, is this war going to go on when Russia runs out of their own oil as having no income from selling <laughs> Europe and decides, hey, Israel's got a lot. Let's go get it. So again, some of that speculation, but the, the big pieces are not. They're very clearly being set in our day. And Ezekiel 38 and 9 specifically says that coalition is going to happen in the last days after Israel has returned to their land. And that could set up having the Antichrist appear right down the road and say, I'm going to protect Israel. I don't know, yeah. just a thought. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's different views on the timing of the Ezekiel War. Some like Jim yeah. LaHaye and uh, Left Behind had it occurring before the rapture. Yeah. Um, I tend to, from the language in there, there's some language that says in that day, in that day. I tend to think it's going to be after the rapture, either in that period between the rapture and the Antichrist coming on the scene, power grab, which, of course, then it'd be perfect. He could come in and say, hey, okay, we need to bring peace to this whole situation. Or I think it's going to happen early in the tribulation period, maybe during the Red Horse, you know, where there's wars all over the world. So that's my take. There's about nine different views on the timing of it. But (laughs) most credible scholars like Ron Rhodes and a lot of others who have really studied it in depth think it's going to be either in the gap period or in that early part of the tribulation period, but in both cases, after the rapture. So if we're seeing the stage being set for things that are going to happen tribulation period and the rapture happens before that, I mean, who knows how close we are. Lord, come today if he wants to. I, yeah. I that. This may be an impossible question to kind of ask, but I wanted to get your view on this. So I know when I was growing up, one of the big things was Prophecy. Prophecy is what kind of helped guide me even more towards my relationship with the Lord. In today's world, when we have so much built upon people not really thinking clearly, under a delusion, 
things seem to go by emotion, and yet the Holy Spirit is greater than all that. Mm-hmm. How can we allow the Holy Spirit to bring this message of what's going on to people? I mean, I know we can't do it. The Holy Spirit's got to do it, but are there things that would catch people's attention, you think, that would help maybe get them to lean a little more towards the Lord? I think so. And I think it's going to come from unique angles, kind of like the first century church had to break new ground and just each believer had to go out and do what they were called to do, regardless Mm -hmm. of what the cost was. There are many churches that teach Bible prophecy, but by and large, as you mentioned, a lot of them have said, well, for all the reasons we mentioned, we're going to shy away from that. Let's just focus on winning people to Christ, which is a, a noble, amazing cause. Uh, let's serve people in the name of Christ, which again is is perfect and beautiful and all that stuff. But let's let's kind of just talk about the Christ and salvation and our daily Christian walk. Let's not talk about Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, a lot of believers and other avenues, books, publishers, like we've been talking, your podcast, the Prophecy Pros podcast. Yeah, that's our goal is to all right. Well, how can we? leverage what we know God's called us to do and teach people in maybe a a different way, come at it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeff and I also do these things called the Prophecy Pros pop-up conferences, where churches have us come out for a quick one-day conference on a Saturday, where we come in, they bring food trucks in, so they don't have to set up lunch and all that, reach four messages and do a Q&A, and then we leave. And these churches are using that as a way to invite the community in and and introduce people to prophecy for the first time. Ah. Because here's the thing, I do believe we have an opportunity like the church hasn't had in a long time, Mm -hmm. because the world now, the non-believers are the ones asking the big questions. What in the world is going on? Why are things so unstable? Why are there no solid leaders who are leading countries? Why does everything seem to be falling apart? So as believers, we have the answer to their biggest question. So in one sense, it's kind of the golden hour of the church age because we have this opportunity to reach people. And I believe we reach them through the message of prophecy, not taught in a weird way or a scary way. But hey, the Bible has answers. The Bible said this is exactly what the end times would look like. Now, let's introduce you to the Savior who's in control of all this. Oh, I love that. And I think you're right. It's such a huge opportunity. I actually sent something like that to my pastor recently that one of the Pew studies, or maybe it was Life um, Point, I can't remember what their name is, but Lifeway, maybe. Lifeway. Their, yeah. uh, research things. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had ones just saying how many people have dropped out of churches and the number of Christians going down and all that. And it's like, that could look like a depressing thing, but actually it's a it's a great opportunity. It is sad, but it's a great opportunity for us to get out there. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about what you and Jeff do. If somebody wanted to listen, where do they go? Uh, where do they find you? Go ahead and maybe give us a little idea on that. The simplest way, if they just go to toddhampson.com on that website, you'll have links to everything from links to the books links to the podcast, and then also links to the Prophecy Pros site where you can find out about events and that kind of thing. Uh, And and so it's pretty much all right there. If if they just go to toddhampson.com and click around and dig around, they'll find it. But also the podcast is on all the major podcast outlets, iTunes and Spotify, and pretty much every major outlet, uh, they'll find it on there. And it's called the Prophecy Pros Podcast. Is there anything before you go that you'd like to say to people listening that would, you know, help them further on in their study of this? 
I think the biggest thing right now, I think people need encouragement. I think they're seeing the scary things happening in the world. And even as believers, it's easy to get discouraged and get down. But we need to, this is the time we need to remind ourselves that Mm -hmm. we may face tough times. Just because I believe in a pre-trip rapture doesn't mean things aren't going to get crazier until then. Right. Um, But be confident and know that God is sovereign over the affairs of the world. And he's sovereign over the affairs of your life. Nothing, you're here at this time in history on purpose, and we need to trust him daily. And I think one healthy thing to the seemingly instability of the world is that it's forcing us as believers to kind of let go of the world. Like, I don't think we even realized how much we were really trusting in being an American or being in a you know stable country, where now things are happening that are making people really think deeply about this is not our home and mm-hmm. we're only here for a moment. So let's leverage it, use it for the Lord and let's be encouraged knowing he's in control and that we have an amazing future with him in eternity to look forward to. Oh, amen to that brother. And Todd, thank you so much. Thank you for all the work that you've done to help people understand prophecy simply and put it in an illustrative form because that, and video forms, because that helps me a ton. And give our best to Jeff also, but uh, God bless you and your ministry, and people keep praying for these guys because they're doing a fabulous job. Will do, and likewise, and uh, we'll have to do this again. I appreciate the time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.